Wow. That's fucked up. Yes. <laughs> From Rat Pack Podcast Network. I didn't even finish my thought. I eat nothing but corn fed chicken. You'll be racist. No, 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 no. <laughs> With the crew of degenerates guiding chaos. No, wait, what is this about Tabasco and semen? Oh. <laughs> what kind of crazy analogy is that? Everything is fair game, no punches are pulled. That shouldn't have been said out loud. <laughs> it's random acts of tangent. This is Random Acts of Tangent. I'm Adam. Today we got a special show. We got the people behind Dronebox.com. Got Nolan and Lewis. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Good. So, how long have you been here for over a year now, right? Yeah, about a year and a half, I think. Okay. Well, look, we are recording at, in the Dronebox studios here. Uh, video. We are also for podcasting, so you can check both of those out. We're just trapped in the void. Yes. That's where we are. Yes. It's a very, very dark setting. Also bright behind us. Kind of off-putting. But, it's confusing. Yeah. So how did you guys get started with, with the drone box? It's a long sort of winding path to how we got to okay. drone box. Uh, it's like a concept from a long time ago that just started coming to fruition in the last two years? We've always made movies. Like Since we were kids, I think Lewis started making films first, okay. and then I started helping him. Okay. And we've been good at making films since we were kids. So we always knew we'd work together on some sort of bigger project when we nice. got to L.A. Okay. But this isn't exactly what we envisioned. No, what kind of films were they growing up? Mostly. So I, I started computer graphics when I was really young. Okay. And always was able to... We were able to do like high-concept visual effects type stuff in our, our films. So they, they were like music videos and stuff like that for Nolan. Okay. And they always had this weird like visual effects element to them where like we do set extensions or we do some type of weird VFX-y thing. Okay. And that was, I think, like what really led us to these high production value things, but like at home in Delaware. So, okay. so yeah. you guys were in Delaware when this all started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, I made this song called The Crazy Blues. So I started recording music when I was young. Lewis started doing video when he was young. Okay. I made a song called The Crazy Blues. It was like this terrible fake blues that I made about a crazy guy. All right. Uh, and I wanted, I was like, hey, I want three Nolans in a circle playing the song. I want one playing guitar, nice. one singing, and one just hanging out doing nothing. All right, one man band type of thing. Yeah, and I was like, can you pull that off? And Lewis composed me in, you know, he comped me into three different things. We, like, took nice. the office in the house and, like, covered it in plastic sheeting. Okay. It was weird shit, and it turned out, like... All right, so you made your own green screen type of... Or was it blue back then? It wasn't blue. This was just doing rotoscoping. So oh, it was... Yeah. We had locked off cameras and had Nolan in certain areas where he wouldn't overlap himself but if he yeah. overlapped himself it would go in and draw out like where he overlapped alright kind of like a ghost effect point walking through no uh, not ghost effect we actually like take you take like one layer on top and one layer on the back and you erase the back see. one so it looks like he's actually on top of it I it's like you're photoshopping frame by yeah. frame wow yeah that's like a long time Took some time, but you have a computer. That's why you have a computer yeah. to help you. So was this all? Like, did you guys go to school for this kind of stuff, or is this just you guys messing around with it? Uh, yeah, just screwing around with it, pretty much. Nice. Yeah, we're just like spoiled kids from the suburbs. Yeah. <laughs> so we had access to we had access to computers and film equipment. Nice. And just started doing it. No one told us we shouldn't do it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's well, that's, that's a good thing. Most of this is like no one said you can't, you shouldn't do that. So we just try it. All right. So from there, did you just did you start getting exposure. People started liking your videos, or uh, nobody likes anything. Nobody? <laughs> yeah, that's not. Right? That's not. No one encouraged us to do okay. any of those. So you just kept going though, because you enjoyed doing it. 
Yeah, I've always, uh, you know, I stuck to music. I stuck to making all my music. I'm like a folk musician, so I, mm -hmm. I like writing stories. Lewis went to film school. He stuck to film. Okay. Uh, so we've sort of, we always figured we'd meet in the middle somewhere. I see. Uh, mm -hmm. for so Lewis, you start off just by yourselves messing around, then going to get more education about it, and then coming back to team up again? He got education. Oh, you didn't? I didn't get any education. Oh, okay. I, went, I have a philosophy degree. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, nobody helps me with music. Yeah. I don't think it's necessary to really be helped. No, well, the kind of music you do is it's it's kind of it lends itself to a solo performance. They just with a guitar, it's got this right feel for it and everything. Yeah, I my band name is Nolan Stands Alone. I was gonna ask you about that. Yeah, because okay. I, I started making music by myself and I would just track over track over track. Okay. Uh, and then when I got an actual band, I was like, fuck it, I'm calling them Nolan Stands Alone. All right. <laughs> it's like they're all not that important. I see. It's a joke, right. but they're really important. Okay. Yeah. And uh, how does a banana suit fit into this? I've seen you perform with the banana suit a couple times. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, it's a gimmick. Okay. It's a good gimmick. Uh, my senior year of college, a friend of mine had it, and I stole it from her. And I was like, I graduated from college and was on the street playing music, and I had it, like, in my backpack. And I All put right. it on and made way more money. Well, yeah, okay. It's, uh, it's just a good gimmick. Nice. Yeah. It definitely draws attention. I haven't seen any bananas playing guitars and singing. Yeah, it's a shitty costume, too. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a dollar store costume. It's not the best. But yeah. it's, it gets the job done, yeah. for sure. So what, what about you, Luce? Uh, it's, it's, how did you get started in college? What college did you go to? Or? So I went to, well, when I was in high school, mm -hmm. I took class at USC in film. Okay. And that was where I really started to learn how to do like the filmmaking stuff. Before that, I had just been doing computer graphics. Okay. And then went to college at Bard College in upstate New York. All right. And that film program is much more avant-garde. It's really not based in, like, this is how you make a film. It's more of, Artistic. here's a camera, put it on a tether, and twirl it around, and oh. see what you get. So it's shit. They have shit yeah, there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like the Jackson Pollock style of filming. Just kind of. It's basically throw it against the wall, see what sticks. Exactly. So uh, I didn't get a traditional film education, as you would put it. So okay. a lot of it was like how I learned computer graphics was okay. I got to learn this by looking things up and teaching myself how to do it. I had a nice grounding from USC, okay. which told me like this is how you put a sandbag on a light stand and like. This is what aperture really is, and then when I went to college, they were like, "Yeah, we don't really know what that is." Like, oh, no. <laughs> like, yeah, you, it makes the light less, and that's what you do for less light. So, uh, it was beautiful. a lot of just self. It was a lot of experimentation with the medium, and then I think that's what kind of led to this. Is I came out to LA after graduation and started mm -hmm. working in. I was interning a lot, doing just like I thought I had to go the corporate route because that's what everyone told me was oh, like. I see become an agent or like work at a like a production company start like, in the mail room work yourself all the way up to yeah. the director or something yeah because all the family friends that I had that they were like lawyers or something so that was what they always were told was the way to do it I see and then started doing freelance VFX and then did VFX at a production company for a while okay. and then when I was there I started seeing like inefficiencies and in like the way this this whole thing works uh -huh. and Nolan and I we're going to make a movie together. We started writing a movie. Okay. And we realized that it would be... Well, we needed a lot of money to make the movie because right. there were yeah. a lot of VFX in it. And there was some technology we had theorized in it. And we came to the point where it was like, you know, it might be cheaper to just make the technology work and Makes build sense. the movie around it. Kind mm -hmm. of like uh, James Cameron, like where he thinks of all these different new things he wants to do develops technology, and then makes a movie using it. Yes. So that's, that's kind of like 
where we were going with this. That's, that's, that's awesome. kind of what started Dronebox. That's very cool. That's, that's the way I kind of I go along teaching myself things all the time. Also, like the, the podcast, I didn't know anything about podcasting when I first started. Uh, my buddy eventually told me to stop talking about it, start doing it. So we went home on karaoke equipment and we're recording that into the computer and started learning all the programs to edit and how to make RSS feeds and websites and everything. Mm-hmm. It just it, it was a it was a longer process, but much more fulfilling yeah. to to learn it from yourself and kind of. Make it make better what other people are already doing. Exactly. And the tools are all out there. It's yeah. easy to find the tools and how to learn them. You yeah. Have to look. I remember when I, one of my first jobs, it was a uh, retail. And when I started working there, they were still doing the credit card, like, carbon copy thing. Yeah. And, like, that's so outdated. Why aren't you guys using better things? I mean, other companies mm-hmm. are, like, McDonald's is, has uh, the card swipe already. This, this, well, it's now a defunct company. It's a uh, lemons and yeah. things. So <laughs> it kind of tells you why. Uh, not very up with technology. But it's, it's one of those weird things that you see how other people are doing stuff and, like, come on. Yeah, especially when it's something that seems logically wrong. Yeah. Like, and people don't change it. And that's the credit card swiper. The ink, that's a... Yeah. How long ago was this? This was, uh, let's see, 2000... About 2000. They were just... They were banking on everything failing, I think. Probably. <laughs> that's what happens when the machine goes down. you got to go back to using that thing. Yeah. And then we had some new people coming in a couple years later, and like, what is that thing? It was like, oh, it's still under, under the counter like, yeah. as a backup. I'm like, what is that? Don't worry about it. For <laughs> your time, young kids. <laughs> All right. So how did you guys get from Delaware to here then? Yeah. You came first. I came first. Okay. Was, what? So you came here from USC, then to New York, and then back? Yeah. Okay. So I realized that like, this was the place that I wanted to be if I wanted to do VFX. Like, this is... When I was starting to learn VFX, there I mean, it was back in the early 2000s, and if you wanted information, you had to either go to a bookstore or a library and get the books, mm-hmm. or talk to people that were making it. And they were all either here up in Sunnyvale, or they were... That was that was where CGI was. Like, And I bugged a lot of those people. Like, I would call, like, Softimage or so- SGI, and bug them because I wanted to learn how to do this stuff mm-hmm. and I made contacts and they were like if you want to do this stuff you got to come out here so that was where I learned like okay if I want to do this I got to go go to Los Angeles did you find people helpful like wanting to help you or was it kind of yes. like a well, really? I when I first started I was 12 and oh. then okay. I started calling these companies when I was 13 and they were right. caught completely off guard they were okay. like who is this 13 year old calling us nice. trying to use this software that people used to make Jurassic Park right. and they, they caught them completely off guard and then I would send them like my work and they'd be like okay here's my email address nice what questions do you have like how can we help you that's awesome it's much harder to be a dick to a kid I guess well not only that it's like it's intriguing it's like yeah right who is this 13 year old in Delaware who's calling us also the world was smaller back then mm-hmm. he used to like ping directories of companies that he wanted to talk to and like oh. find the email that's not listed. Oh, nice. Like, like, you know, like find the people that he shouldn't have been able to find. Right. Well, no, it's called phishing. You yeah, fish for fish. email addresses. Yeah. yeah. This is a little, you know, a little kid that's doing this shit. Yeah. Hey, I'd be intrigued if somebody hit me up. Is like, that the whole war games thing where you start fact- faxing or trying to dial into all basically, the numbers? Basically. Yeah. But you do it with like email. It's like you just, you find the extension of whatever dot com mm-hmm. and then like there are only so many different combinations of like last name dot first name, first name dot last name, first right. initial well, last specific. name. Not just like marketing at x dot. No, no. You 
you call them, you just, well, or you call up, back then it was much easier because everyone had like a receptionist. Right. And I would call up and go, hi, I'm looking for the head of marketing. They're like, are you talking about blah, blah, blah? I'd be like, yeah, that's the guy I want to talk to. Right, exactly. Like, who's calling? Louis Silverstein. Nice. Okay, we'll put you through. Hold on one second. And the person would pick up, and then I'd say, hey, I'm, I'm Louis Silverstein. I'm 14 years old. I'm in Delaware. I've been doing computer graphics for two years now. I really want to use this program you guys have. I see you don't have a student version of it. How can I get a hold of it? Wow. And they'd say, hold on. <laughs> Repeat what you just said. It's like a $50,000 piece of software. Wow. <laughs> and is that how you put this guy through? Who's this guy? <laughs> right. Because they don't want to hang up. They don't want to like, not pick up if it's right. potentially somebody. And who's calling the head of marketing? Right. Like, that's the perfect person to talk to is, nice. okay, yeah, you're 14. We can definitely like, do something with this. Wow. So yeah, I remember hearing stories from like late night shows and whatnot that people would like little kids or anybody would call in like, "Hey, let me talk to Jay Leno." Mm-hmm. Eventually, they got through to him because nobody cared. Like, it was, nobody was all crazy and yeah. privacy wasn't that big a deal, I guess. Or well, the world was smaller. Also, yeah. if you work at one of these companies, like when I came out here, I interned and I was assist- like I was an assistant to like some high ups. You don't want to turn down a phone call if you don't know who it is. Like, yeah. that could be somebody That's who true. is like a CEO of some large company. Actually, what I did was I started a company called Grip Reality, and I would do business as Grip Reality. So I would say I'm the CEO nice. of Grip Reality. Perfect. Grip Reality Incorporated. And, and the 14 years old. At 14. Nice. So people automatically, they're not going to want to hang up on the CEO of Grip Reality nice. Incorporated, especially yeah. if they want to talk to the head of marketing. Yes. So that was the way to get in. Wow. All right. <laughs> That's that's brilliant. <laughs> and so and then things started. Wait, so this is fourteen. Then you come out to USA, do the schooling, New York, and then back here. How, how about you, Nolan? How did you end up out here? I knew I was going to come out here. I was like, I knew I was going to follow Lewis out here. Okay. I, I didn't have much like a clear vision of what I was going to do. <laughs> I see. Uh, I got out of college. I went to Key West for a little bit. Okay. I'm supposed to be living with treasure hunters. Oh, that's a weird story. <laughs> That's for another time. <laughs> uh, I ended up, you know, just playing music on the street like I always do. Okay. Uh, and I met Ashley, and we came out here after right. about a couple months. Yeah, it's an uh, interesting story. Hey, met Ashley too. I was hearing you talk about. Yeah. Else. Yeah. I woke up the first day I was in Key West, and she was in the backyard. All right. Was, that worked out pretty well. Yeah. A little very, too well. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I came out here. I interned for a production house for a little bit. Uh, didn't like it that much. Okay. And I convinced Lewis to quit his job and work with me. Nice. I'm, I'm the irresponsible one. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Who's coming with me? Yeah. The goldfish. Yeah, right. it just made more sense to me. Okay. I, I don't really like the way people work in Los Angeles. I think that the, the system is flawed. Mm-hmm. Uh, which It's an unflawed system if you're not motivated and you just want to float. Like... But I don't want to float. I'm from a you know a culture where I like to work. Yeah. Uh, so I figured we could do it better than anybody else. Okay. Well, like, you're doing a great job so far. I'm, yeah. I'm loving how things are going. Thank you. I think the theory works. Like we said, we could make two thousand hours of shows on nothing. All right. We pay for you know the building rent. We pay for rent here, plus a very negligible amount of stuff, and we've made a ton of shows in the last year. Two thousand not nothing. It's what a small business would cost to start. Right. Like if we were to open up a cafe in or Los bakery. Angeles, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it's about equitable to what that would cost. Yeah. But we're doing this instead. Yeah. Well, stuff like this is on the rise. Everybody's trying to make videos and get on YouTube and mm-hmm. try to realize their dreams in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get coffee anywhere. <laughs> Literally next door, you can get coffee. That's right. You can get coffee everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. People like selling coffee. 
All right. So did you guys have a vision of what kinds of shows you wanted to pump out of here? Was it just you guys hanging out? Yeah. Um, you should talk about On the Cable, maybe? Yeah, there's a that... book from the 70s that was written by a commission. The, the U.S. government commissioned this, this study about cable television and okay. what it was going to be. They were trying to figure out how to legislate it. They are trying to figure out if they should legislate it, if they should just let it be its own thing. And this whole study theorized that cable television was going to be... Cable wasn't going to just be television. It was going to be this bi-directional communication form. Yes. And it also had this great potential to make communities this new thing. It was basically community outreach. It was a way to put a TV station in a town give people access to cameras and a studio and let them actually make things for their community. Okay. And a lot of the things that were put in place from this book didn't actually happen because they decided, okay, let's legislate it a little bit and we'll let companies like Comcast and Time Warner they create the infrastructure and control it. And they have to have some types of public access. But it's not completely open. And right. we've been dwindling in that as of late, but it really outlined like these are the types of shows you want to have. You want to have cooking, you want to have community shows, you want to have talk shows that are talking about what's going on in the community at large. And that really helped shape the idea of what types of shows we would have in here and how we'd open it up to the community. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're very like back to the basics kind of stuff. Like uh, when we started developing the shows, I went to the library and got books on the history of news, the history of talk, the history of broadcast. Like, oh, nice. uh, it was to, It's like a project. Uh, yeah. You have to start at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, we didn't want to start just from with our own ideas. We wanted to see where it came from right. what, and progress. The best chance for success to yeah. just make things work the right way. Yeah, like, did you listen to old radio casts that you like when you started podcasting? Uh, I got into podcasting because I was listening to almost nothing but talk radio. Okay. And, I would, yeah. like, and specifically shows that kind of pulled back the curtain a little bit and kind of let you know about how things work. People that would talk about uh, stuff that was happening in the studio, how, how the studio kind of worked. So it kind of felt like I was already involved. It's a, talk radio has a weird thing for me that I feel like I've become very personal, personally connected with the people yeah. to the point where uh, like, uh, used, used to be with, on Toad Hop, right? Mm -hmm. So when Frosty, Heidi, and Frank went off the air, it was a huge emotional day. I had to take a day off of work. Really? <laughs> yes, I, I, went, I went down to Molly Malone's while they, when they went there after, afterwards. I, I cried the entire way home. Just like, these, these guys, because they're like, oh, to me, they were friends. They were friends of mine. <laughs> We met him a couple of times, and Frank would recognize me. I think even to this day, hopefully, uh, if he saw me. But yeah. I'm just a regular guy. But but to me, hearing their voice for four hours a day, uh, five days a week for however many years, it's just it's a certain relationship that gets involved. So that's what I, I, I kind of try to. It started because I, I found myself talking back to the radio. I'm like, all right, this is. Yeah, that's how you know you got a good show. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Can't, I can't do this. I got I need to. I'm like a crazy person yelling in my car. So let's get some of my friends in here. We could all be crazy together, at least. Yeah, right. Yeah. One of the other things that we're doing here is we're developing technology to right. make this stuff better, to make it so we can make these shows easier. And we, like, we've our background is music videos and narrative, and we've never made a cooking show before. We've never made talk shows before, and we wanted to open it up so we could help produce those shows and learn how to make them so we could eventually put that into our technology so that the technology can work with all those different types of shows. Right. So nice. I don't want to have like one technology that only makes talk shows. I want this technology can it can say, okay, we're going to do a cooking show, but it's going to have talk show elements, so we need to merge those two types of styles together. Okay. And the only way to really learn about that is to, to make the shows. Yeah. So that's why we're making all these different types of shows. 
Very cool. So, when you guys got this space, you, 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 have, you have a stage over here that's a kitchen, yeah. the green screen, and then the more performance stage. Yeah. Uh, was, this, was this all part of the plan? Did certain parts come later than others? Oh, yeah, like two years ago, maybe like two and a half years ago. Yeah, two and a half years ago. Lewis, Lewis works in CAD. He used to work in CAD. Okay. Like when you were, what, 17 or 18? Mm-hmm. Before we went to college, he worked for a CAD company. All right. Uh, so Lewis designed this whole thing. We were looking for a building that had 18-foot ceilings, okay. the dimensions we wanted. So we could build that and this. Uh, the stage was a huge bonus. Like we, we got more space than we needed, and there happened to already be a stage set up. Oh, perfect. Uh, but it was already designed. We were having meetings in our living room in Culver City, uh, talking with a couple producers that, still, that never panned out. Oh, okay. Uh, about like what we were going to do with the different stages, where we were going to keep stuff, all sorts of like pre-planning that lasted about six months. All right, like six months of meetings. That's good. It's, uh, good. it's good base. We learned a lot prepared. about how to organize people. Mm-hmm. It was a complete failure. Like everything failed oh, yeah. that we tried. But we learned about like how to organize people. Okay. What kind of people are going to flake quickly? What kind of people are going to flake over the long run? Uh, what kind of democratization does not work in a meeting? Okay. <laughs> it was good. You know, it worked really well. Like. Because we did this whole thing where we're like, we're a news team now. Let's start making news. All right. And nobody did shit. They were uh, the worst. I get that. It's, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's, well, this, is, this has been your guys' dream. So you guys are going to be the most dedicated to making anything happen. Yeah. So other people that kind of come in, this is kind of what I experienced with the podcast a little bit myself, that this is something I want to do. It's my pet project. Mm-hmm. Come right. on, guys. Let's do this. All right. <laughs> They're not coming. Come we, on. We live here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the podcast is pretty much out of, it's out of my house. That's right. where the, the, yeah. the main studio is. Uh, but it's, it's, it's hard to get people that it's not their dream to kind of come along with it. But you guys are still going. That's, that's good. No, I um, failed yet. I yeah. think that's part of also what we're doing here is we want people that come in that they have their vision, they have their dream. Yeah. And part of this place is use it to make your dream. Like, yeah. we have this space. Come and make your dream. Yeah. It's, it's when, I, when I first came in, it was like, this, what? How? Yeah. How did I get into this place? And how, I, if I get access to this, that's crazy. Because you have a vision. You have a clear mm-hmm. vision. Yeah. Uh, that's, I, I try. You find a lot of people don't really have the vision as much as they want the experience. And that's where it fizzles out real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have seen something that they want to do, and they try and emulate it. And once the initial buzz of the emulation is gone, they're empty. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's interesting to watch it, and you can see that through the history of this network. You'll find oh, yeah? some people that have had one show, and then it just completely turns to shit, or they got the idea for the show, mm-hmm. and then it never never becomes anything. Yeah, a couple come to mind, uh, but <laughs> yeah. So I mean, how do you decide which show is actually who who can be a producer here? Who can use the space? Um, it's very subjective. All right. Uh, you apply usually. Uh-huh. I talk to you. If you don't seem crazy, I'll usually put you on camera for a few minutes. Okay. Uh, and if that goes well, we give you a show. Uh, it's, right. it's just subjective. It's like who, I, who we think will be able to make a good show, who will show up on time. For the most part, people weed themselves out. Interesting. Uh, all the applications we've had, I can't remember. I've maybe turned down two or three of them. Huh. Uh, it's just we're not that big yet. Uh, it's mostly been word of mouth. Okay. So... Yeah, there's only been a few people we've turned out. Also, kind of comes down to like somebody applies. We say, "Okay, come in for the on-screen interview, yeah. and come sit with us on the sofas and talk about your show." And they're like, "When?" And we're like, "Okay, we have a time next week, so come in next week." And there'll be people that are like, "Oh, well, I, I didn't think 
what do you what do you mean next week? Like, yeah. I thought yeah, this was going to be like in two months. Like it's oh, like geez. it's like no. Like if you want to do your show and you have an idea and you're submitting it, you should be ready to go with it. That's so weird. <laughs> I can't. It's, the more that I've, I've been working, kind of towards the LA area, yeah. the more people that I'm starting to like come in contact with that I, it, I, I don't understand how. <laughs> how they get anything done or how they continue to get things done just yeah. based on, on the attitudes. Yeah, because you're from the suburbs, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm almost Orange County. I'm, I'm far out. People in the burbs have a different work ethic than people in Los Angeles. Okay. Like just anywhere. No, I've never met people like people in Los Angeles. <laughs> Slow. They're like sloths. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I, I just, like, you should, people weed themselves out. That does seem, I can't, I, I can't imagine, like, slowing down or, like, being, once you step foot in this place yeah. and, like, I don't want to be here, uh, more than uh, I, try, I try to get in here as much as I can to help you guys out with yeah, you know, mm-hmm. the ability yeah, just, just, it. just to be in the space because it's, it's just this it feels good it feels it's magical because you are making dreams come true that's, that's kind of how it feels <laughs> Willy Wonka yeah <laughs> yeah it's I, yeah so weird for people to fizzle out it's just it's the nature of things it is this is a very new idea yes like, nobody's ever done anything like this before although there have been boutique studios that have had sort of open availability but okay. not on this scale of live production um, mm. it's it is a new concept to people to let the seams show okay like that's that's not old world hollywood no i would say this existed back in the 70s and 80s on public access right, on yeah, television right. yeah like mm. boston and new york city um like Chicago, all the major cities had public access studios. Yes, right. And on the weekends, on Saturday, on Sunday afternoons, and like Saturday night after midnight, they would allow artists and people to come in and use their studio facilities to to make art and to make mm-hmm. programming. But that all just kind of died in the nineties. It was weird. That reminds me. Of my, one of my managers back when I was working retail. He had his own late night show that was on public access. Yeah, he'd be managing the housewares department, and then he's a cool guy and like, hey, you should come check out the show. What was that now? Yeah, <laughs> it went down to the, this little studio out in uh, Covina, I think, or Hacienda, close close by some strip clubs. But uh, city of industry. Yeah, city of industry area. Yeah, and uh, he, he's, he had a desk, he had a whole thing, he had a crew, and I was like, what? What? You're my manager. <laughs> you work in the housewares department. We're talking about betting most of the time and all this kind of. <laughs> And Everybody's just, got a dream. Yeah, I was just like, wow. And he, he, he loved doing it. And as far as I know, he wasn't getting paid for it or anything. It was just labor of love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, I totally forgot about that until just now. That's public access. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've met Adam Papagan, right? Uh, yes. He's a veteran of public access in okay. Los Angeles. He's done like tons of different studios. I see. That's, that's how we like sort of. He seems very comfortable in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, been doing it since he was yeah. a kid. I, I, I remember noticing that. He was, he was hosting one of the comedy shows, I think. No. No? I'm going to think of somebody else. Bald guy. guy. Yeah. Bald with a mustache. All right. Maybe Too not. many Adams. Yeah. Too I mean, many Adams. Yeah. <laughs> Sons of bitches. All that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's the, one of the crazier shows that like came and went? Ah, uh, the, the craziest. Were they told to stop or they stopped themselves? My favorite, uh, like an actual show, because my favorite crazy thing was with Adam Papp again. Okay. He brought in a woman named Karen Centerfold. All right. To film the story of Johnny Stanati, who was her ex-boyfriend right. who always had coke. Oh. They filmed it. They put the, you know that like trippy background we have with yeah. the kaleidoscope? They put a poker table in between that, and she had cue cards that were like this big that were handwritten. All right. And she hung them up 
by the cameras, used them, and then during the first take, she threw vodka in a guy's eyes. Oh, my. And he was like, what the fuck? Why did this happen? <laughs> she wanted to be realistic. After that, we, like, Adam yelled at her, and, like, she wasn't allowed to hold any liquids for the rest of the show. Well, <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm pretty safe for all at, at that point. That's a good positive, yeah. like, craziest shit, because it was funny. Like, oh, yeah, I bet. It's just, you can't throw vodka in a guy's eyes, man. I'm not insured for that. <laughs> can't do that. But what about the show, the show ideas that are just kind of way out there, outlandish? Nothing super crazy. I mean, I feel like clean living is the most... It's the most intense. Yeah. No, we wish people were weirder. Yeah, yeah is that right? They're just not weird enough. Oh, we're okay. avant-garde, man. We like to do weird shit. Right. We have an old video that we did where it's like a... It's a PSA about drinking. Okay. And we went to like the Amish market in Delaware and bought a liver... Like a pig liver. All right. And it's like, this is your liver. And we show the liver, and then it's like, this is your liver when you drink. And I took a hammer and smashed the liver on camera. All right. In slow motion. In slow motion. Like, it's got to be pretty weird to well, freak us out. That's not the weirdest thing we've done. I think the weirdest thing we've done is the mannequin porn. Oh, yeah. We made mannequin oh, porn. Oh, my. Our friend Tommy helped us with that. That was here. That in was Los here? Angeles. Yeah. Not here, here. Like in our house. house. <laughs> we built, before we moved, before we built this place, we lived in Culver City, and we turned our two-car garage into a green-screen cyclorama in the garage. Oh. That's where we tested all this stuff. Okay. And we made weird stuff in there. 1645 South Sierra Bonita Avenue. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, if, you, if you Google it, I did it the other night, it says, like, house for rent, garage converted into green-screen film studio. Oh. Because we didn't tear it out. We just left it. Okay. That's going to add a lot of value, especially in this area. It says yeah. under, after that, it says, can be removed. Uh-huh. If <laughs> Who knows if they removed it. Uh, what about the movie you guys uh, were going to make together? Did, did that ever finish? No, we still have to make it. Still have to make we're it. We're still planning. The technology isn't there yet. We okay. think it'll be there in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I see. It's, it's really intense technology. It would require special projectors. It would require oh, wow. people having special things on their faces. Like Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's it'll be different. Okay. Uh, it's called the Father of the Three Sons. All right. It's basically it's a parable about the dangers of augmented reality. Oh. So we're supposed to present you a movie in augmented reality. Oh, nice. About the dangers of augmented reality. Augmented reality is one of the things that fascinates me. It just mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think it's been done good enough yet to. It has not. Be cool. It'll get there though. The, the, the closest thing to augmented reality that I, that I enjoy is uh, this is a game called Ingress. Where it's it's on your phone and uh, mm-hmm. there's like arts and statues, anything all over the world becomes a portal, and you have to go capture the portal for your team, good guys and bad guys. Yeah. And uh, they, there's these huge events. I came I came here last year with my daughter to a giant Ingress event in LA, where it was all over, like uh, by City Hall. There's like hundreds and hundreds of people yeah. just roaming the city with their phones, just ah, <laughs> clicking at each other and whatnot. <laughs> it's, it's it's interesting. It's it's a cool way to see a bunch of things you wouldn't have known were there. You just pull up your phone, hey, there's a statue over there, let's go check out the statue. And then mm-hmm. you go oh. get some items from it, but then at the same time you're seeing art and, and things that you wouldn't have known were there if it wasn't a just glowing orb on your, on your phone. People like games. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like a big thing. Yeah, I used to be a much bigger gamer than I am now, but I'm trying to get back into it. I don't know why. Yeah, it's, it's hard to try to get back into video games now. Yeah. I've, I just bought an Xbox, I'm like... It's fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> See, I remember when games were, you know, like side scrollers. Right. Like, it, this ends eventually. Yeah. These don't. I don't no. know where they end. Some games they like, they like literally do not end. Yeah, they, they keep, keep adding to it. them. Yeah. Like uh, Skyrim, I was playing. There's this huge, yeah. in-depth game that mm-hmm. I, I still haven't beaten. 
and I started playing it probably about a year ago. Yeah, I don't think you can beat Skyrim, really. <laughs> really uh, you yeah, just keep playing. But that, that's why I will probably never stop playing it, because I'm, I'm kind of a, a perfectionist. I need to uncover every treasure chest or whatever, and it's not good for me. <laughs> Maybe there's an old public access show where they're talking like this about Pong. Yeah. <laughs> it never ends. Just, it just gets faster. It's just better and better every time I play. <laughs> Pong, man. I, I uh, went up to a cabin in Big Bear this last weekend, and uh, a friend of mine, or a friend of a friend, has the cabin, doesn't matter. Uh, there was old, there was a Pac-Man, like a table Pac-Man. Yeah. It, was a, it has Mrs. Pac-Man, regular Pac-Man, uh, Piranha, and some other stuff as well. And we're just sitting there, putting on fast speed, like, oh, this is crazy. It's weird when you like have a friend that's really good at one of those old arcade games that you didn't realize was really good at those old right. It's like that's like their specialty is like, man, I'm great at missile command. Yeah. How the fuck are you good at missile command? And how does that apply to anything else now? Yeah, where did you learn this? <laughs> Everybody's themselves the whole life, right? Yeah. You gotta yeah. seeps out like, wait a second. <laughs> I never knew that about you. Yeah, I used to spend hours and hours at a pizza place by my house. Yeah. Whatever, they just the best, stacks of quarters. Best at missile command. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, as far as the shows go, you do an hour slot for uh-huh. everything. So, people, producers come to get an hour, yeah. and you're live from Wednesday to Sunday. Yeah. From four to midnight. Four to one. Four to one. It depends on the day. Okay. Yeah. Did you, did you guys choose that schedule? Yeah, we chose it. it was that was that was there research going into that, or just like, eh? We thought that seemed like that's when I usually would be watching TV. Okay. Um, the goal behind it is supposed to be. A smooth transition of daily entertainment. Okay. Uh, so the day is supposed to start like people are probably still at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just clicking around the internet when they're at work, so they're just like looking at stuff. Yeah. That's what our public access stuff is supposed to be. Okay. At six, they're usually getting off of work, probably, or they're stuck in traffic. They're supposed to listen to music. So our music show is supposed to be oh, okay. an in-car experience for them to nice. have a new band, like sort of like Tiny Desk series on NPR. Okay. Uh, then they get home. There's supposed to be a cooking show, so they can cook dinner with us. All right. Uh, then they're supposed to eat dinner. There's supposed to be a news show at 8 p.m. Uh, then after dinner, they can watch a comedy show with us. Uh, from 10 to midnight, they can choose to tune in for whatever weird shit's happening then. Okay. And then at midnight, there's a talk show, like typical broadcast. Right. Uh, so it's meant to be the sort of like replacement for television. Uh, we expect that people should click off all the time, like... I don't think anybody should watch most of our shows, the whole show. Uh, but there yeah. should be something on for them. Our generation grew up, at least, I think I, I did at least, was we had TV in the house, and mm-hmm. we'd do our work after, like, school. Mm-hmm. And TV was on in the background. And yes. you did work. I mean, even when I started working, like, I would have radio on in the background. And, yeah. mm-hmm. like, you're not paying attention to it. It's just noise while you're doing the work. And then if there's something that's interesting, you tune into it for a second. You go to it, and you're right. like, oh, that's cool. It's on TV for a second. And then you maybe you'll stay for five minutes. Maybe you'll stay for ten minutes. Maybe you'll stay for a minute and a half, and you just mm-hmm. then go back to your thing. That's what we want people to do with Drone Box is yeah. okay. leave it on in a window on your computer while you're doing work, while you're at work. And you know, 90% of it is just going to be chatter to, that you're not paying attention to, but then maybe something will come on in one of the shows that you want to click it and take a look at it while you're taking a break for five minutes. And that's kind yeah. of the idea of we want with, with huh. throw boxes. Keep it on, but don't pay attention to it all the time. Okay. Like, have it there and enjoy it when you want to enjoy I it. I see. There's, there's a, a good use for that. That's something that I, that I personally could use a lot. Because I, I need to have 
multiple stimuli at any, at any given point. If I'm yeah. washing dishes, I need something on. If I'm, if, even if I'm, as I'm watching TV, I'm, I'm looking through Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just, I need, if I'm just doing one thing, I feel like I'm being inefficient somehow. Mm-hmm. So like, in the certain shows that I, I've tried to watch that I just can't because it requires too much focus. Mm-hmm. Like uh, yeah. The House of Cards on Netflix. It's, it looks like it's going to be a great show. But I just I can't sit there and watch it and focus on it for so long. And so like, I, I, got, I need something else. And that's kind of where we also differentiate from like YouTube. Is okay. YouTube is like it's a clip that's like maybe a minute, maybe five minutes, and then it's done. And if it's in a playlist, then it'll go to something else. But it's usually not connected. It's it's just a mishmash, and you have to like constantly go like it's an attention suck because they yeah, want you to look like they want, right. They want you to look at the ads. Yes. So you're you're doing work. You put a song on on YouTube, and it stops. You then don't have music. You have something that's not related that you don't want to listen to at all. Mm-hmm. Or you have to go back to it, see an ad, click on something different, and then. You're just, yeah. You've wasted time. So with Dronebox, it's more of, we're going to curate that hour. That hour is going to be that whole thing for the hour. We're not going to cut yes. away to that ad that's going to suck you away from whatever it is, and it's not going to just go to the next random thing. It's going to something that's on the schedule. You know what's coming up next because we have the schedule there. You can see what shows they are, and nice. they're pretty regular. Very cool. Yeah, I, I try to avoid YouTube. Not the best thing to say, but check out my YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> because every time I go to YouTube to watch anything, I like... Hours could go by very quickly, just like, and what happened? <laughs> like, I don't even remember why I came in the first place, and I've seen a bunch of things that I can't unsee, and sometimes I don't even want to care about, but that looks interesting. Interesting thumbnail. All right, what do we got? What do we got? Oh. <laughs> why? Those lie thumbnails. They're the worst. Yes. It's so bad. Custom thumbnail of titties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nature video. Yeah. <laughs> Craziest bloopers. Oh, you little boobs. Oh, YouTube doesn't show boobs, though. Why did I get tricked by that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they do all the time. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, how about future plans with the, with the studio? Uh, the website launched yesterday. Yes, saw that. Uh, Looks good. That is our current focus, is getting that website up to snuff so that people can use it more efficiently. Okay. Uh, we can add things like gamification. Uh, gamification? You want to explain it? Yeah, we're planning on um, making it so, like, when you watch shows, you'll get points for watching shows. Uh, um, okay. Make it competitive. Make it so, like, sharing shows, you'll get more points. And, like, um, like let's say you watch, like, all the cooking shows. You make it, like, a word, like, Master Chef. All right. Like, try and make it engaging so people want to watch it. The other thing that we have is there's a lot of metadata that needs to be generated. Okay. For the, the website. Right. Like, you need to really put in, like, okay, well, this show, we, we have a lot for the cooking show, like, this was the recipe, this was that. But yeah. it would really be helpful if, like, we knew that at minute three, that thing was on screen. We want to start incentivizing, like, if you tag those things in our videos, we'll get you points. Oh, so nice. try and engage the viewer That's with brilliant. the content. And also mm-hmm. that makes it so, like, you have ownership of it. So... If someone's watching it and they've tagged, like, let's say one person, their thing is they want to tag all the beat shows in in cooking. They love beats. And they want to just tag everything with beats. If they go through and they're the one that has been tagging all the beats, like, put their name in there and show, like, hey, John loves fucking beats. And he's the the beat guy. And... Make it interactive. We're also that planning works. on rolling out a chat feature soon so people cool. can chat with their friends while they're watching it or chat with the community as they're watching a show live. Nice. So try and make it this community where... Chat with the show. Yeah, chat with the show. Yeah. Where we right. think that a big part of this is it is live. Like right now, this is live. Yeah, people can and watch. 
people can not only watch, they could interact with us. Like, if they had your cell phone number or our cell phone number, they could call us. They could and, tweet us. Right. Right. And that's something that, like, there are only a few platforms out there right now that are live like that. Yeah. But very few of them, I think, have the type of production value we can give you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So that's part of what we want to do for the future is really engage with the community, with the global community, and okay. get this thing so people are interacting with it. That's one of the things that I'd like to start doing with the show is getting interacting with, with people that are watching. Uh, the problem I'm running into is, is the manpower uh, is behind, yeah. which I'm sure you guys experience as well. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, getting people to show up to regularly and work behind the scenes. Uh, it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, we scared off one of your interns. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. fine. Not a problem. That was one of the more bizarre shows we've had. Awesome. <laughs> Weird show. It just hurt my ears, man. Yeah. Oh, was it? I didn't mind the concept. It just hurt my ears. Okay. Here, I already have enough ear damage from this show. Oh, yeah, you got that thing in your ear. Always always in my ear. Yeah. yeah. This, it's like, I can tell like if there was an HP on my ear. All right. Slowly draining. <laughs> slowly getting slower. <laughs> Oh, I do have to say, just for re- record purposes, we're also a patent pending uh, software development oh, company. Right. Just so we get that Clear. on the record. Yes. We're a software development company. We are. Yes. Yeah. I and mean, we're developing. The, the whole reason for, I think, this facility is to build that technology. Right. And we want to be able to also build the name, the brand of Dronebox, to mm-hmm. say this technology is something that you've seen grow from the ground up and you're you're experiencing it as it's growing i mean a big thing that we've been transparent about is if you look at our website the terms and conditions okay everything is on there like if we're collecting any we're collecting like ip addresses when you when you log on that's just standard practice with the website we are transparent about that we don't like that like larger companies which will remain unnamed right. are collecting data left and right and utilizing it and selling it and not mm-hmm. telling you what they're collecting. Yeah. We we want to be very transparent from the get-go. Dronebox is 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 this platform that we're developing and this is how we're developing it and over the course of our development in the next few years you will be notified that these are what we're trying to do. You can opt out. You can say, I don't want to be part of that. But that's part of us growing, and that's part of this technology, and that's why we're doing this thing, so we can make this technology for this movie we want to make. All right, I had this weird moment the other day where I was, uh, an ad popped up on, on when I was browsing a web page. Mm-hmm. It was for a book or something, and I got, that's weird. Because I know they're usually tailored to what you like, and like, yeah. I, I never heard of that before. And I was going through my phone later on, and somebody sent me a text message of that... Like, like uh, it was a picture of that book or linked to an Amazon, whatever. Oh, no. I'm like, wait, that's a, that's, that was weird. Before I even made a connection in my own head, they were already connecting all the dots for me. I'm like, it's a little intrusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> but anyway, about the well, technology, though. They haven't broken into, like, advertising what you probably really want to look at. Right. <laughs> That's what the uh, incognito tab is for. You see, search for those things. Yeah, but they really, they're collecting that data, too. <laughs> That's just not saving it to your pref- like your quick links. It's still collecting all no, of that I data. I haven't got any ads for any weird things yet. So They just haven't socially accepted that yet. <laughs> One day they will. All right. Yeah, when I first started uh, being a producer here, and uh, Lewis had just been pulled off and was going back more on coding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because he was fighting the producers. Okay. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, he was getting into fights, so he pulled him off. <laughs> too, too, too many demands and crazy expectations from these people? Yeah, the way it worked was we'd, I'd bring in a producer, and I'd be like, 
hey, welcome to Dronebox. Lewis will take care of you now. Okay. And then he was also supposed to be fixing everything, too, like making the software work. So I didn't do anything, really, but just bring people in the door and hand them to Lewis. All right. And that was driving both of us crazy. All right. Yeah, around that time, I had no idea how to use any of the broadcast software yet. Like okay. Now I do most of the shows. And, nice. And teach all the people. Before He was doing all that. I was like a lamb. Wow. Yeah. I was losing my mind. <laughs> Yeah, so, you, so you're back there coding and trying to develop all the software that you're doing now. And uh, any of that that you can talk about or would like to talk about? I mean, we're patent pending. It's public record. Okay. Um, we call it modular content. And it's a way to utilize all these visual effects techniques that I have learned over the years to basically make it so that we can modulate or change objects in the environment in near real time. Okay. So the goal of it is to make it so that people can have personalized broadcast so like let's say people are watching your show and they really like the color orange and you're wearing a blue shirt all right it would let them be able to change your shirt to be orange oh, wow. to enjoy the broadcast better yeah. and we, we know truly that the examples are like you like skyrim right yeah you know, like the mods they have on skyrim yeah so if somebody likes hentai women you might be a hentai person <laughs> In the broadcast, like Adam as a hentai woman. Oh, uh, see, that seems weird. It's weird, but that's the world we live in. Yeah, like that's, I guess. People are already doing that. If they like to hear this voice games. coming out of a hentai woman, that's They might else. even modulate There are voice. people that would like that, I'm sure. Wow. Yeah. All right. That's just the world that we live in. That's what's happening around us. And yeah. We want to get to it before everyone else does. I see. That's cool. <laughs> You're right. That's why you have that, if you've read the contract that you signed. Yeah, yeah. Us. No, I, I, I read that. Uh, I remember thinking about hentai women. But, uh. <laughs> One day we might turn it on. <laughs> right. be, That's cool. You're just a big computer graphic lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've seen those videos, right? Yes. Like Skyrim as yes. like, naked yeah. women. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest shit I've ever seen. I don't understand. I, I, uh, you understand it. You just don't know why they're doing it. Yes. <laughs> I, I, yes I don't, I, if, if it's there to do, fine. But yeah. why make that everyone else uh, be part of your whatever it is you're going through? There's just that many people out there. Uh, yeah. Interesting. All right. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, Ashley is here also. She helps you guys out. She does. She's like the glue. Okay. She's the one that makes sure we don't burn the place down, smell stinky, well, more stinky than we do right. usually. I see. Uh, you know, she's like the housekeeper of the place, but she also uh, she produces the Kitten to Cougar show. She produces my cooking show. Okay. She's much more grounded than we are, I think. Okay. Lewis and I are people that dream up weird shit and produce it. All Ashley right. is the one that brings it back to reality. All right, like, all right, come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I have that idea work. today. There's other people. All right. And you got some uh, some mascots for, that are <laughs> the parrots. The parrots, yes. Yeah, that's a weird story. We just like birds. <laughs> okay, very cool. Omar's in Santa Monica. Yep. Omar's parrots. All right, very nice. The birds yeah. have strange names. You can you can you can talk about that. Maybe. Oh, what about the birds' names? They're just cool. You named you named one bird Princess Consuela Banana Hammock. Yeah. And the other one is Magnus Cromagnus. Magnus Vermagnus. Magnus. I'm sorry. Uh, he was recently at the uh, the strongman in. Uh, Bicycle Casino, I think. Okay. No, not the bicycle. What's the one south of here? Uh, if you take the 60. There's the, there's the no, bike. The five. If you take the 5, I think. Oh, com- uh, Commerce. Commerce. The yes. Commerce Casino. They had the World's Strongest Man Competition. Is that I right? he was there. He was oh. like the recent... He was the winner in the 90s. Huh. He's got a poker tournament there for uh, Conway and Whitman back in the uh, KLSX days. Yeah? Yeah. 
That was cool. It's the first time I heard him like cuss, and it freaked me out <laughs> because I hear them on radio all the time. It's like it's, it's, even though it's FM radio, they can't, these certain things they can't say. They, yeah. They're constantly censoring. It's just like, oh, f this, f that, you piece of s. Yeah. Or, and but then he's like, oh, so you got you got fucked. You didn't get part of the competition. I'm like ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah. I got I got fucked. It just it just felt weird. <laughs> like this, oh, you're not allowed to do that. Oh wait, there's no microphone. That's cool. All right. I have a question for you. Yes. Have you learned to like make sure your socks match when you come here? Uh, yeah. Or do they always match? They always match. Well, I, I got nothing but black socks. You're a regular adult. You're an adult. <laughs> you, know, you make your socks match. The only thing that wouldn't match is sometimes one might be a heel and one might be a ankle. Okay. <laughs> That's, but they'll be black. You won't tell from the cameras. We're the sock network. Yeah. Like there's <laughs> yes. some foot fetishists out there. <laughs> Fantastic. They're into it. <laughs> I did notice I had wrong size socks at work one time. And I'm like, oh man, it's well. It was after a long night of drinking, so it just kind of <laughs> made sense. This is why I can't do that anymore. <laughs> My pants are coming up. Like, ah, he's, all right, very weird. All right. So, as far as the, the movie goes, that you guys are going to be planning on making, is he, do you have anything that you can do now, or are you waiting until all the technology is done? Uh, we're building the universe. Okay. Uh, so we're very strange about the way we make our movies. We have a number of movies that are being worked on. And they all are in their own universe that matches itself. Okay. It's like a very absurd sort of universe. So we're bringing back Jack Jiminy, um, which is our... What? We made a college film. No. It's called <laughs> Jack Jiminy, the story of a porn star extra. Oh. Uh, so I'm this character whose parents are porn stars. I see. Uh, they wanted me to grow up to be a porn star, and I'm like a desexualized, terrified person. <laughs> So I've lied to them and convinced them that I'm a porn star, but I'm really just an extra in okay. a lot of pornography. So right. like, there's this universe of people that like protect this character Jack and like don't let his parents know that he's really lying to them. Interesting. Uh, so we're bringing that back as a sitcom very soon. Oh wow! Um, and that's supposed to be building the universe up to the father of the three sons. Interesting. Yeah, I like the sound of that. It's very um, mockumentary style. It's it's okay. it's kind of like what's the word? Cinema verte, where right. yeah. it's it's documentary almost kind of like the office right. where you're in this guy's world with him it's acknowledged that there's a camera crew and yes. you're, somebody has found this guy really fascinating for some reason yeah. and wants to document that world okay. and we think that the studio with Dronebox the way that it functions where it is live and it is that it almost is that world we can really use utilize this 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 format to to take that to the next stage and bring that character back to life. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Now, when uh, shows come here and they, they do their thing for a while and it ends up not working out, how do you, how, how do you get rid of people? How do we get rid of people? Yeah, I guess. We call that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't, I don't know if we get rid of people. Uh, we've burned some bridges probably by having people like telling them that they can't do the show anymore okay um we have a show coming back even like uh the vin show's coming back okay he had to move to new york for this family for a little bit and he's coming back um if it comes to the point where like we can't we won't do a show anymore Mm -hmm. um it's in the production contract that this is a you know a fire at will kind of agreement like nobody has is locked into anything um so i just tell them straight out that we're not interested in producing their show anymore. Okay. I've had that happen only a few times with shows uh, where it didn't seem like a show that would work for us. The Maybe the intent wasn't good. Okay. Um, and I just said, we're not doing the show anymore. All right. That's, that's one of the things I, I don't think I'd be very good at, telling somebody, 
You have to. Along. I had to get good at it. I yeah. mean, we've had times where I couldn't do it because I was too angry at the person, oh. and Lewis had to do it. I see. Because like, I was like, I'm going to say some mean stuff that's going <laughs> to put our business in jeopardy. Uh, All right. Yeah, you I, learn to become I, very diplomatic. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I try to be, but I, I feel like I'm, I'm too much to the point where I'll just let people hang out. Then, all right, this is can't do that. But that play becomes a liability, and it's kind of like yes, yes it does. It, it's poison. Like you don't want somebody in this in in your space while you're producing something yeah. that that doesn't want to be there. Like if they're there, they're just they're just dragging their feet, and it brings everybody down. So okay, he's gotta turn the fat. Yeah. Well, luckily those situations work themselves out eventually. Yeah. But I I told someone the other day uh, at this point we do not have a single producer that I don't enjoy being around. Awesome. Uh, I enjoy everyone we work with, and there's a lot of people we work with at this point. So right. it's nice. It's it's taken a long cool. time to get to that point, but I think we're pretty much there where I enjoy working with all these people. Nice. All right. I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, how about you guys working together? I mean, I, me and my sister, we get along for the most part, but there are times, let me tell you. Yeah? I want to just kick her out of the car. But I mean, so you guys, you guys live here. You live together. You work together. Yeah. And you, you guys do okay with that? We yeah. do well enough. We do better than most, I think. Okay. Yeah. I think we've learned that like nothing is really worth getting angry over. Like we'll yell at each other in the, uh-huh. the heat of the moment. It's like, yeah. yeah, do this thing. Why aren't you listening to me? Uh-huh. But then three minutes later, it's like, oh, okay, and. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's yeah. more stressful for people that are around us that don't know like our dynamic. I yes. think people are like they're <laughs> yelling at each other, but now they're not. What do we do? Yeah, yeah. Same thing with my sister. If people were to watch from the outside, they, they would think that we legitimately hate each other. Just yeah, the, our the, our love language is, is constantly insulting each other. Yeah, and it's just it's, family dynamics. Yeah, that's how, that's how we stay close. But other people were like, oh my god. <laughs> Although I would rather not live with Lois anymore. He knows that because I like I like walking around naked in my own home oh, and things like yeah. that. I can see that being yeah, fun. that's a difficult because we're not that comfortable. He's just family. not that comfortable. Okay. Yeah, we're not like the McPoyles or anything like that's that. Right. I mean, we just took a shower together. <laughs> like our sound guys laughing. Yeah, finally got a laugh out of it. <laughs> All right, well, that's uh, pretty much the time we have here. Thanks. Yeah, Thank you got the credits going. Yeah, there's, there comes the credits. Look at that, perfect. It's like I planned it out or something. <laughs> I don't know. Thank uh, you. Yeah, thanks. I, I, again, eternally grateful to be here. I love it. It's a great opportunity, and Thank you. I'm not going to stop kissing ass about it uh, <laughs> for fear of not being able to come back. But, uh, <laughs> good, you Don't fear do us. That's <laughs> no, good, it fears us. <laughs> no, this is the Machiavellian. He can fear you. He should love me. Yes. No, I think, okay. And that's, that's another good thing about brothers. We just, can just I don't think that's the right thing. So I don't think that's how it works. Okay. Yeah. I'd rather be feared than loved, or loved than feared. I don't remember. A long time. That's why it's Machiavellian. There's two of us. We can each have half. Well, good God, bad word. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, thanks guys for joining us. Uh, check out the, uh, the website, ratpackpodcast.com. Uh, check us out on Twitter, Rat Pack Productions on YouTube. Subscribe to that. Like it. Uh, check out Drumbox, for Christ's sake. Uh, all the stuff they got in there. They got so many thousands and thousands of shows uh, on, from archive.org that's now on the website. Easy for you to access. And uh, yeah, check it out. Right, all the things down there at the bottom. And see you next time.